tonight on Whiskey Waffle. I'm not sure that plums are sour. It's a bit of a halfway house between Glenfiddich and a Glendronic. Smoky, coaly, fire, burnt on bits on the mystery meat. It's from England. Boo. Boo. That's this episode on Whiskey Waffle, the podcast. I mean, cast. Happy New Year. That is that is pretty nice singing, Ted. It's going to be a happy new year. The question is, is it a happy new year A or happy new year B? Well, happy new year B, because that's the one that I'm in, and ah. I come in as a drug dealer. <laughs> that's why you've uh, shaved your facial hair such. Yes. Ah, very good. Um, what my colleague says is correct. Happy new year, ladies and gents. Happy new year, fellow wa- fe- 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 wafflers. Happy new year, fellow wafflers. We're a little bit late in saying that. Yeah. <laughs> it it it's only February. Yeah, it's it's still a new year, right? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're a little bit late getting the new year episode out. Been lots going on and, and quite a bit to organise. But um, I'm going to make up for it over the next few weeks. But more about that later. Um, I should probably say my name is Nick. My name is Ted, and you are listening to the Whiskey Waffle Podcast, Australia's favourite whiskey-themed audio rambling collection, and uh, has been for quite a number of years now, hasn't it, Ted? Indeed it has, and you know why? Um, Because we drink as we pod. Indeed, and also because the listeners drink as they listen to the pod as well, and we get better as they get drunker. This is it, this is it. Um, Yeah, usually um, that's that's the state that when I listen to the podcast as well, I am... Yeah, I've had a few drams, and I want to think about, whoa, what did Ted and I say about this particular whiskey? Um, we had a funny moment the other night where we were listening back to some stuff, because we're cool. Mm. We, we like listening to ourselves. Yeah, it was a topic we wanted to talk about, like, hang on, we've already talked about this. Let's see what past Nick and past Ted had to yeah. say. And then I started, I, I basically started preempting myself, <laughs> and I was like, just started spouting off all this stuff. And then Ted from the podcast came in and said pretty much the exact same thing, even though I'd completely forgotten that Ted from the past had said that. So, yep, yep, yeah. that's that's often the way that it goes. Um, so we're nothing if not consistent. Yeah. Consistently good, consistently bad, you be the judge. That guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah, I think so. Like, <laughs> it's, the, it's the most echoey of echo chambers that's ever been invented. Nick yeah. and Ted listening to themselves say the things that they believe. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Hey, uh, so it's a new year. It is. And you know what that means? Uh, it means that rent's coming up. Rent is coming up. Yeah. That's but, why we're singing Happy New Year yes. before. Both Nicholas and I are in a production of Rent, the musical. Mm. Um, what else does it mean? You know what else it means? It means uh, it's a time we, we start telling the whiskey world what we think is good. Indeed. Indeed we do because it is time for this year's Waffle Awards, or last year's Waffle Awards, technically. Yeah, yeah, I suppose it is the 2022 Waffle mm. Awards that we're announcing in February 2023, but um, we have a series of awards that we release every year, similar categories with one tweak you're about to find out about, but it's the whiskies that we tried in the year of 2022 yeah, that we think fit these categories. It's basically like the Triple J Hottest 100, except instead of being one of the world's biggest democracies, it's a duocracy. Yep, duocracy. I love it. Yes. We've invented that. Two, two men, two votes. Yep. Two dictatorships. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else, New Year's wise? What? There is actually stuff? Yeah, there is some oh, stuff. Excellent. Um, I mean, there's probably a whole number of news items that have completely passed us by. But, oh, um, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, that's what your job is for. Let us know, loyal <laughs> listeners. 
we have had in person say Happy New Year to us. Oh, excellent. That's always nice. Yeah, so um, Chris Green uh, got in contact. Oh, right. He actually got in contact around Christmas, and but kind of got busy and didn't actually get back to him until... This is the uh, Sydney Thunder All-Rounder, of course. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's, that's the one. Is, yeah. No, this is uh, Chris Green of the um, Octomores in the Attic. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, a, it was a very cool story. You'll have to go back a few episodes to hear about it. But um, anyway, he got in contact and said, Happy New Year. Um, in big breaking news, his aunt brought the Corrie Vrecken over. Ah, oh, excellent. And he was very pleased with it. Mm. Um, said, hits the mouth and just bounces all over the palate. Lived up to his expectations and more. Um, We're all uh, Corrie Vrecken fans around here, aren't we? Um, and had his first crack at a British whiskey... The Cotswold Signature. Hey, Cotswold Signature. More on that very, very soon. Yeah, well, I, th- I feel like that's actually a pretty good lead into what we're going to talk about next. Yeah, I'll pull him up there. British whiskey, you know, that counts Scotland as well. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is very much an English whiskey. Very much. Reckons that it wasn't the top of his list, but a solid dram. Mm. Which is kind of... Funnily enough, where we placed it. In fact, that's possibly where we're going to lead off our awards section. So, let's uh, save it for... The Waffle. So, the reason we're being a bit coy about the Cotswolds is because we've actually booked a really cute B&B. We're going to spend a few days just sort of uh, um, sitting in some cute coffee shops and some farm stores. And No, that's that's... Sorry, just in case my wife's listening, that's not happening. Um, or no, is it? <laughs> or is it? The reason we're talking about the Cotswolds is because we actually have a dram in our glass. And the reason we have a dram in our glass during awards night is because it is not receiving an award. Nope. It certainly isn't. <laughs> but it came awfully close. Yeah. This one is a definite runner-up. So this particular whiskey came to me at a difficult time in my life. <laughs> My bathroom was being remodelled, <laughs> and so I was having to live out at my mother's for several months. <laughs> I love you, Mum. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know she's listening. Yes. <laughs> uh, faithful listeners, our mums. Um, but anyway, I I got this one at Uncle Dan's because it was less than 100 bucks. It had very pretty packaging, and I decided to take a punt. Now... I was very much prepared to hate this whiskey and be and be happy with hating this whiskey. I would have actually been thrilled <laughs> because, as you may have guessed from the uh, name of it, Cotswolds, it's from England. Boo, boo, not not Scotland, <laughs> England, or Britain, according to Chris Green. Yes. Now I, I'm. Th- this one sort of is getting a commendable mention award, but I'd like to give it um, the. Amigo Awards. <laughs> Mexico. Mexico, south of the border. South of the border, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's, it's the Mexico it, of the United It'll be Kingdom. a very rare, rarely appearing award. Yeah, um, so I think we'll give this an honourable mention. We always have an honourable mention. Mm. And, um, yeah, we thought about it in a several categories. One was a pocket pleaser because of the price. Mm. Another was the new award, which we'll talk about soon. But in the end, we couldn't quite squeeze it in, so we gave it an honourable mention. And often we... Th- save the honourable mention until last, but we thought we'd start off with it. And mm. um, honourable mention is amazing. Uh, Ted and I, performing as Whiskey Waffle in the Burning City of Stedford, did receive our honourable mentions. So, you know, yeah. that is possibly the best prize to receive. That's it. There you go. That's our honourable mention. On to the first award. And the first award is for the Isle of the Dram, the best 
Tasmanian whiskey. And this year, the Isle of the Dramed goes to... The Ironhouse Distillery, Tasman Whiskey, Petered Single Cask. The first single cask released by Ironhouse, or Tasman Whiskey as their brand is. And it's because it's a bit of a rarity, a petered Ironhouse. Yeah. We've we've sometimes found Ironhouse can be a bit up and down on yeah what some they some are better than others and um yeah a little little bit of a spoiler alert we're going to be talking more about Ironhouse next episode but um this particular one we were sold very early on there's a couple of big factors with that one of them is that it's cask strength yeah sixty point two percent not a light whiskey at all and the peat in there is pretty bloody tasty. It is. I, that listeners might know. House. I, Run House, yeah. yeah. I, as <laughs> listeners might have picked up over the, I don't know, I suppose, 12, last 12 months of pods that I'm a bit, not so much skeptical about, skeptical. I'm not even that. I'm not even skeptical. But I, I am slightly wary of Tasmanian Peter whiskies because I think mm. there's some, there's a lot of duds out there and I don't say that lightly because I love Tasmanian whiskey and I suppose another thing that listeners would have picked up on I'm outrageously biased towards it however not not pitted ones there's been a few good ones and this falls within that category which is a much smaller category than the duds I'd say yeah Tasmanian Australian non-Scottish peats tend to have a very different character to those Scottish peats um this one was distilled using a mix of heavily peated malt and Pilsner base. It was carefully matured for nearly four years. Carefully matured. I've seen what Spilsy does in that <laughs> bond store. I love to see someone say it's like nonchalantly matured. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. If we ever do a whiskey, yep. let's let's say that we've nonchalantly <laughs> matured it. Remember matured that. Matured without caution. Yeah. <laughs> matured without caution. I love it. You, you're getting all the good ideas here. <laughs> Matured for nearly four years in our Oceanside bonding room in ex-bourbon barrels. But yeah, it's a, that's another interesting thing for Tassie. It's a bourbon cask as well. So yeah. bourbon and peat. Yeah, I think that is... Oh, if I was going to start like experimenting with peat, that's what I'd use cask-wise. Mm. I wouldn't necessarily use that as my main release for my Tasmanian whiskey brand. But if I'm starting to do a peated one, I want to see what the, the clean slate is because the bourbon presents the peat. It's got... A really nice, sweet, caramelly nose with then a nice, uh, toasty, uh, barbecue-y sort of this, um, barbecue this, sauce. Yeah, this whiskey strength is the finish for me. Um, like, the nose is not like an Isle of Pete. Um, and there's a reason for that, because mm. Spilsy reckons they're the first distillery in Tasmania or Australia to use English peat or English mm. peat of barley. Um, you know, fact checkers are sort of flicking, flipping through different records, but, you know, it's certainly unusual at least. I think it smells quite sort of burnt mossy, but finishes like a steak sandwich with barbecue sauce. Yeah. Well, time to keep moving on to our next category, and this is the Tartan Slipper for the best Scottish whiskey that we tried in 2022. And this year, the winner of the Tartan Slipper is Kilhoman Sautern Single Cask Finish. This was a tough one. This was a really tough decision for a couple of reasons. Reason number one is because there's been some really good quality whiskies that have been released from Scotland throughout the year. And the second reason is we haven't tried many of them. Yeah, <laughs> we've actually had a bit of a uh, 
Scotland light year. Yeah. Well, at least together. Uh, yeah, and at least in terms of new ones as well. Like, mm. we, there's there's favourites we always go back to, but they're not eligible for awards if they're favourites because we've had them a bunch of times. Indeed. The other interesting thing about this one, which we, we debated quite fiercely and heavily and eventually came down on the side of allowing it, is that this one was exclusively bottled for AWOS. Mm, what is what is AWOS? AWOS is the Australian Whiskey Appreciation Society. Armadillo washing. They are a always club. on Sundays. So yeah, they are Armadillo, a club. Armadillo, Armadillo washing always Sundays. <laughs> Good one. Got away from me, yeah. Yeah, they are a club. They are a now, club, yes. The Armadillo washing club. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a member of them. Yeah, you don't wash any armadillos. Or, or you're not a part of AWOS either, right? I'm not a, I'm not a part of AWOS. And crucially, I didn't have to sign up to be a part of AWOS to I feel purchase that, I this feel bottle. That's, that's okay then. Mm. Yeah, we, we purposely stay away from the um, Whiskey Club um, releases in terms of awards, uh, not because they're not deserving of it. And like if there's something that completely blows us away, then maybe. But we like the journey of self-discovery, mm. I guess. It's it, that independent like, we don't want to be influenced by anyone else from these awards. And like it or not, these whiskey clubs, one way or another, are sending stuff to us. And, yeah, I think that it's probably a good call to just stick with the stuff we found ourselves. Yeah, so I suppose this this one is more like just a a collaboration release. There's there's plenty of those out there in the world. Yeah. Um, and ones that you can get just off the shelf online without actually having to be part of something so that that's where we kind of came down with this so this one is it's in uh, Sauterne casks didn't you say yeah Sauterne Sauterne I'm pretty sure that my mum is going to pick me up on this. I'm sure she's. I'm sure she's had a. I go think it's because we said Sauterne, but it's actually Sauterne. Yeah, Sauterne, something like that. Sauterne. Uh, I'm waiting for yeah Italian people to pick me up on it. Yeah, so this was Phil French tw- people. It's French. French. God damn it! I always thought it was Italian. It's actually French. Oh yeah. Uh, so this was filled in 2014 and bottled in 2021. It's got a. Peating of 50 parts per million. That is quite high. That's that not Octomore high, but that yeah. is quite high for, you know, Ardbeg, Lefogue, Lagavulin. And this 50 is, is up there. Yeah. Tell me, um, Ted, Sauterne, sweet or dry? I would have thought sweet. Indeed. Yeah. Dessert wine. And the most famous type of uh, Sauterne uh, aged whiskey is? Glenmorangie? Glenmorangie, yes! Oh, God. Do you want to say it with more confidence? Glenmorangie. Yeah, the nectar door is the um is finished in Sauterne, Sauterne casks. We, we we'll say it many different ways, and one of them's got to stick. Um, the other, the I'll other, just copy and paste the correct one throughout the episode. The other critical fact off this is fifty five point four percent. Ah, yes. Yeah. So we've um <laughs> two awards, two peated cast strength monsters. Yep. Um, but this is an Isla peat monster. Mm. This is this is different from the Iron House. This is full on peat funk. This is probably going to make Ted happy, Pete's not. Mm. Um, yeah, look, on our, on our initial opening and pouring of this, um, got satay, yeah, um, street, like, street meat satay. Yeah, peanuts, sweet, sticky sauce. Mm, that um, um, sizzling, smoky, sort of smoky, coaly fire burnt on bits on the, yeah. on the mystery meat. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's funny, like for some people, you're not selling it at all, but pretty much everyone listening to the podcast, they're drooling right now. (laughs) It's like taking a stick out of the fire and just sort of licking it. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, and you know the most embarrassing thing about giving this award, Ted? What? You know what our award for the best Scottish whiskey was last year? Uh, was it the Kilhoman Fino cast? Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Kilhoman, what are you going to release next year that we can give an award to? I know, interesting, isn't it, that mm. we've we've really been digging the... We've jumped on the Kilhoman bandwagon. We've not jumped off. <laughs> the Kilks. Mm. The Kilks. Anyway, we should move on. So, the next award is a new one, and it actually comes at the expense of another award. How do you feel about this, Ted? Yeah, okay, because the problem was we were racking our brains for a Drams Down Under award this year, mm. which is our mainland Australia whiskey award. Yeah, because we've been enjoying a lot of stuff coming out of, like, because we have a Tasmania whiskey award, but we've been enjoying a lot of the stuff that comes out of mainland Australia. So we need an award for it. But this year we just couldn't quite find something. We, we had a lot of contenders, but we, we drank them all the other night. It was a big night. Mm. And by the end, we're just like, it's just not an award winner. Mm. Just wasn't there. But there was another problem we had as well. The other problem was we were trying some whiskies released from America, from Japan, from uh, India, and we thought these are really good whiskies, but we don't have a category that fits them. Mm. So two birds have been killed with one whiskey bottle. Yes, a giant whiskey meteorite. Yeah. Two carrier pigeons have gone down under the <laughs> two, two carrier pigeons yeah. with uh, one arrow. Yep. So we've changed the Drams Down Under Award, which was our best mainland whiskey award, too. Um, are we going to invent the name of it now? Uh, we've well, we got new, a couple of ideas. Well, New World Symphony. That, that was, was yeah. That was, that was mine. Yeah. That was that was yours. Uh, Terra Incognita. Yeah. <laughs> was mine. Um, we'll put it to the Patreon and see what they think. But um, it's basically our best whiskey from outside of Scotland and Tasmania. <laughs> that works. Yeah. The best rest of the world whiskey, which yeah. includes mainland Australia, includes all those places I just mentioned. But we're thinking New World, but like it's unlikely that a bourbon will win it, but it, it could. It could. Mm. So, there are some other American whiskeys, though, mm. that we have been digging. The, so. the West Woodlands, whichever of the, mm, the ones. And a few balconies good ones. as well. Yes. Oh, good old balconies. This has, has won us over a bit in the last 12 months. That was one of our, our real... Honourable mentions, I suppose. They didn't quite make the honourable mention. And, yeah, of course, Japan is only going to produce good stuff mm. going forwards. And, yeah, a few decent Indians we got to review at the end of last year. So, mm. yeah, but we didn't go for any of those. No, we did not. Uh, but this one we did cover on the pod. And if you listen to it, you probably know that we're a bit of a fan. So let's say that the best New World Whiskey for 2022 is the... Cavalin, Port Cask, Solist. Um, this is the Solist that we tried. Or Soloist. I don't know. I always said Soloist. You always said Solist, but it's Solist. It is Solist. And yeah, I, I bought it. It was quite an expensive whiskey. It's just one of my own personal bottles that I bought because we were talking about another one for a review. And I fell in love with it. It's pretty bloody good, actually. It's another cast. We, we, had a, we had a really interesting time exploring uh, Kvlan, yep. as we like to call it. Yep. We got ourselves a, um, a tasting pack and we tried various different ones. This wasn't part of it. This was a extra one that we, yep. Nicholas, this was, was an nice Easter enough egg to that was provided later. Supply. So this, this one's actually um, their Lunar New Year 2022 bottled exclusively for Australia release. So yeah, that was the they do a few solists. Um and this was one that was done just for us in a port cask. So just for obviously... us. 
They obviously know that we like our podcasts down here. Yeah. Uh, 2022 was the year of the tiger. Just mm. what's What's this year? Uh, rabbits, isn't it? You're with rabbit. Yeah. Lots of babies to be born. <laughs> 59.4%. The colour of treacle. Yeah, I was thinking I was thinking treacly. Mm. The nose is like fruity rich, almost to the point of being slightly rotten. Like it's 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 overripe fruits. It, but in a good way, I mean. Mm. Not, yeah, yeah. Not bad rotting. It's almost like uh, a paste that is so dehydrated there's no liquid left. Mm. It's just all fruit. Yeah. And it's long. Why, thank you. <laughs> yes. Good dram, worthy winner. Anyway, it's time for another award. The name of this award is the Pocket Pleaser. Brackets, the perfect pick for the parched penny pincher. Close brackets. This is the Valley for Money Award. Yes, indeed. Cotswolds was definitely in the market for this award. Mm. But it just missed out. Because this year, out. this year, the Pocket Pleaser goes to... The Six Isles Blended Malt Scotch Whiskey. Voyager. There is a different. There is a, a another edition of this. Has a different sub name, but this one is the Voyager, which I think is the cheaper one. Right. Well, there you go. This is another one we talked about in the pod about six months ago. We weren't expecting much, although we did like the artwork. Mm. Um, but it is a blended malt, so it's a blend of six different malts. And guess what? From six different aisles, you can go back and find that episode back in the archives. And we basically talked ourselves from being like, okay, it's not terrible. Okay, it's actually really passable. Okay, this is quite decent too. This is a four-star whiskey. You can hear that conversation going from those through those stages in that podcast. And yeah, we were just blown away by it. Like, it's not going to win like the, the best Scottish whiskey or the Golden Dram, but as a pocket pleaser, how much does it cost you, Ted? It is $74 at Uncle Dan's. 74 that, and that's Australian, of course, and it's, you know, quite reasonable compared to so many of our bottle prices. And, yeah, I think for a, a blend of malt whiskies and from quite prestigious places, we don't know what distillery on each island, but some of these islands only have one distillery, so you can figure out which it is. It's It's been a pretty decent drinker. Yeah, and to be so, clear, the islands that we're talking about, the Isles, are the Scottish Isles. Yeah, yeah. So, Isla, Jura, Mull, Arran, Skye, and Orkney. And the best thing is, it doesn't necessarily make you think of just Isla, or it doesn't think you make mm. of just Talisker. Like, I think it is a blend. It showcases the best of some of these regions. There's a bit of Highland Park in there, and there's mm. a bit of, I don't know what the... Isla Distillery was, but if I'm, you know, the closest stuff in here is something like a, a Brooklady or Brunnerhaven, but um, mm. it's probably something with heavily peated like a Laphroaig, but it's been balanced out by some Tobermory and some Aaron. Like, it's just fascinating. So the conversation you can get out of $74 is endless. All right, time for something completely different. And when he says completely different, he means completely different. Time for the weird ski. And you guys at home can probably imagine what Weird Ski is all about. Weird Ski is about the unusual. It's mm. about the different. It's about things that challenge us. This is the WTF Award for Weird Whiskey. We've tried we've tried some weird ones over the years. In fact, sometimes we buy whiskeys just because they're weird. That's why we bought this one. But there's got to be a balance between weird and, I guess... Drinkability? Drinkability. Having said that, the... um. 
bloody sheep dung from Floki got it one year. So, yeah. you know, from, it can be super, super weird and carried over the line, or it can be like semi weird and quite drinkable and carried over the line. Whereas I think this has got both in spades. So the winner of the 2022 Whiskey Waffle Weirdski goes to Hobart Whiskey Winter Feast 2022 Limited Edition. Brackets. Smoky Bacon Maple Syrup Cask. Close brackets. Open brackets. Maple Macon. Close brackets. Maple Macon. And I'm really, really ashamed. I'm so ashamed, but I really like it. Okay, let me read you what is on the side of this bottle. We have talked about it before in the pod too, so you might have heard about this one, but let's let's refresh. This is going to hurt me a bit. <laughs> this this is going to be a this is going to be challenging oh. challenging to my soul. Just how unique is it, Ted? A smoky bacon maple. I almost said maple bacon. <laughs> a smoky bacon maple syrup cask finish. A truly unique whiskey. Hey. Oh. Is it is it a unique whiskey, Ted? It is unique. Is that true? Probably not. <laughs> okay, let, let me tell you the the background. Mm-hmm. The finishing cask was left in the box bacon natural fire smokehouse for a week where it was infused with bacon smoke. Bacon smoke. <laughs> we filled this cask with natural Canadian maple syrup to produce a sweet and smoky barrel before finishing our ex-bourbon mature single malt whiskey for several months. So, yeah, it's basically been filled up with pig smoke and then... Filled up with maple syrup. And then filled up with whiskey. And it's a... It's so meaty and so sweet. It's just... I don't know. It's it's a confusion of the senses. And yet it's so drinkable. You know, you could baste me with this stuff. (laughs) Slow cook me in a smoker for 24 hours and serve me to a winter feast and Mm. the crowds would go wild so the next award is a very serious one to ted and i it's one that we've been most proudest about awarding over the years and we've been doing waffle awards for i don't know eight or so years now so we've we've given this award out a few times Mm. it's called the bill lark award and is awarded for service to a person within the tasmania whiskey industry and there's been a number of winners over the year. The first one, of course, was Bill Lark. I uh, got the wall of which he was named after. Um, we've given it to Tim Duckett. That's on his wall. Um, we've given it to Peter Bignall. We've given it to Matt Cooper. We've given it to Jane Overeem, um, Jane Sawford. This award that we're giving this year is also to a distiller, but not the one you're thinking of. No. This year, we are very proud and pleased to rename the Bill Lark Award hmm. for service to uh, the Tasmanian whiskey industry to the Lynn Lark Award. And so it gives me great pleasure to announce that the winner of the Lynn Lark Award for 2022 is not Lynn Lark. No. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a turn up for the books. The winner is Lynn Lark. This is something we've talked about throughout the last 12 months, Ted and I, is because we want to acknowledge people, not so much behind the scenes, but not receiving the credit as openly as some others Mm. because they're not the face of the business. There's always a face of a business. For example, John Jarvis at Hobart Distillery, he's very much the face of it, even though that's a big team effort. You know, John is the face. Um, Lynn has always sort of not hidden the shadows, but she's sort of um, been there next to Bill, but Bill's always the name that people mention first. Well, 
I was just thinking, so this this year, last year, 2022, we had the great pleasure of interviewing the godfather of the Tasmanian whiskey industry, Bill Lark himself. We did. But a really, a really nice, lovely part of that interview was when he spoke with such pride for the um, for the part that his partner, wife Lynn, had played in the Lark story in the in the creation of the Tasmanian whiskey scene. He he basically said, without Lynn, there would be no Tasmanian whiskey scene. There would be no Tasmanian whiskey scene. And there's a number of reasons for that. Um, one of them is, of course, her talent as a distiller. She's produced some amazing whiskey over the years, Lark whiskey um, in particular, and some of it's been you know, bought by independent bottlers and whatnot, but she's also created other products. Mm. Uh, there was a a native pepperberry product that yeah. she created. Bush liqueur or Bush something. liqueur, which people, yeah, went off their tits for, really. Yeah, and she sort of pioneered the gin scene. Mm. And, and just like using botanicals with spirits like, you know, there, there was no Tasmanian whiskey scene, let alone Tasmanian gin scene or a Tasmanian boutique vodka scene. Like, th- this was the Wild West. Like, these guys were just inventing stuff. And then so many others have picked up on the things that have been left behind by, by these people. And Lynn Lark was absolutely a pioneer. And you know what else? She also had a business nous. So some of the products that she created were deliberately designed to be sold to get income into the business. Mm. So Bill talks about like for the first 20 years of the business or 15 years or whatever, they ran off cash flow and loan, which is incredible. You know, no big loans. He didn't have to mm. like um, expand massively at the start. Like they grew organically because Lynn created products they could actually sell and create a business model that worked. Yeah, unlike the Scottish industry, which mm. evolved over many hundreds yeah, of years hundreds and of years. came from a sort of almost a sort of a bootlegging background, uh, a making spirits in the hills sort of thing. Tasmania was a bit of that before things actually got started, but Tasmania has had to establish itself in a, in a much different environment, a modern environment. The tax man is much more focused on what people are doing. There's a lot more sort of oversight on the whole in- on the industry as a whole, and so to innovate and create and generate a new industry in that modern environment, yeah, that takes a whole different sort of outlook and, mm. as you say, business now. Yep. So that takes us to the final award of the night. Would you like to announce what the name of the the award is? I would. It's a special one. It's called the Golden Dram for the best whiskey that we tried now, in 2022. Now, when we get to the Golden Dram, the main question that we have to ask ourselves is, which Tim Duckett creation <laughs> is going to win? Well, let's, uh, let's find out. So the winner of the Golden Dram Award for 2022 is... The Tasmanian Independent Bottlers... Ramblings of a Madman One. 2. What? What? No, no, we talked about... Surely no. we decided. No, we were going to go 2. We drank half a bottle and then by the end of the night we said that it was the 1, wasn't it? No, no, we were going to go the 2. Okay, there may be a bit of a disconnect between my colleague and I. Um, oh, man. In fact, I do remember the other night when we started this discussion, we were on a similar sort of uh, wavelength, uh, i.e. completely different. Um, but having said that, we also acknowledge the alternate perspective as well 
Um, and now it's only now we've announced the award. I'm remembering that we didn't decide which was the best whiskey. Now, of course, you, you guys up the back row probably saying like, well, give the runner-up the uh, Isla Dram Award. No, we're not going to do that. We're just going to pick one of these two as our Golden Dram. But which? Yeah, okay. Let, let me let me stat you up. So first. so the, the Ramblings the Madman is by Tib. Um, Tasmanian, we, we mentioned Tim Duckett already. This is his other brand, and we loved both of them immensely. Yes. The Ramblings is a bit of a re-education it's project. It's a bitter. Yeah, there's a bit of this, a bit of that. Stick in another barrel, which is what he does best, to be fair, because he does have the best barrels. Yes. He basically takes things that aren't really working out for him and whacks them together, slaps them around a bit, and comes out with something very decent. Mm. As and it in this out. case, puts a galar on the front. Yes. Okay, so Ramblings number one is a vatting of sherry and port casks which have then been finished in a 50-year-old port first fill. 50.7% and pretty delicious, as it turns out. Ramblings of Madman 2 is also a vatting of sherry and port casks, but then has been finished in a mixture of cognac, brandy, and port first fills, which have then been recombined, I think. This one's 51.9%, so... 50.7 to 51.9, it's really, yeah, splitting hairs. The noses are completely different, though. I get this really um, sort of of a a plummy, damsony thing from the number two, whereas I get full-on strawberry raspberry jam from number one. They're both bloody delicious. They both deserve to win. Okay. (laughs) We can't give them both the award. No, that would be so lame. we, We have to decide. We've got to kill one of our darlings. Two is a lot sweeter. It's a lot funkier. Mm. There's a lot more going on. Number one is a really elegant refined whiskey, which we really liked when it came out. And we we spruced and caused other people, Patreons, did, in yeah. fact, to purchase it. Two is more complex. Mm. One is more streamlined. God damn it. Uh, we have to make a decision. I think we owe it to our listeners that we pick one of these whiskeys. Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to hold up a finger or fingers, one finger or two fingers. Okay. And hopefully this is going to work and it's going to be the same number of fingers. And if it's not, we do it again and again and again? Or? Pretty much, or okay. we, we go out and like punch each other into yeah. it. <laughs> okay, three, two, one, go. Oh, we both came up with the same insult. We 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 both held up the same digit. We'll leave that to you to work out which one. Both of us displayed one finger. You can choose which one it was. Choose your own adventure. But we are very pleased to announce that the Golden Dram for 2022 is Tib Ramblings of a Madman. One. Is that this one was exclusively bottled for AWOS. Mm, what is what is AWOS? I was just thinking that myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Australian Whiskey Appreciation Society. I think that, that, sounds, that sounds right. The Whiskey. 
so it's time to do a, a normal whiskey review. We've been excited what? about awards all night. I know we've been talking about like the superlatives, but let's let's bring it back down to earth and review a relatively normal whiskey. Yeah, this one is Scottish. It is. It's, it's from, from Speyside. Yeah, it's from Speyside. It's slightly odd in the fact that it's 13 years old, not unlucky 12. Unlucky for some, yeah. But I don't think it's unlucky for Craigellahy. They've decided that 13 just gives it the extra boost or the extra marketing factor. I don't know. We'll um we'll have a, a sniff and a taste and decide. But, yeah, so Speyside, Ted. Mm. Tell me about Speyside. So Speyside is... A not real place. Yes, true. Speyside is a... Construct. Construct. A a geographical sort of idea. Speyside is an area that is based around the River Spey, Mm -hmm. which is in Scotland. It's in sort of the... uh, That's important. Definitely in Scotland. (laughs) Definitely in Scotland. It's in sort of like the central to northeastern kind of portion of it. And it's the area that has over 50% of the Scottish distilleries in it. Yeah, and they do make a lot of whiskey over there. And a lot of it goes into blends. Mm. And some of those blends are produced by Dewars. Mm. John Dewars and Sons. And Sons, yeah, and the Sons as well. So, yeah, Dewars is based out of another distillery because a lot of that distillery goes into the blend Jewers. And for some reason, they decided that the brand Jewers is more famous than the brand of the actual distillery. And so on the wall of the distillery, it doesn't say the name of that distillery. It says Jewers in mm. big letters. And I was very surprised by this when I went past it. Mm. Ted, do you want to pronounce it? Craigillachie. Or Craigillachie, if you want to read the... Craigillachie. Fantastic yes. Australian accent spelling. Yeah, Craigillachie. Craigillachie. Yeah. It, yeah, so this is, um, I guess, a distillery that produces a single malt, but most people maybe won't have tried it. Yeah, and now Craigellachie, I believe, means something like Rocky um, Hill. Yeah, Craggy Hill. Craggy Hill, yeah, Rocky Hill, something like that. On, on top of a hill. And they are on top of a hill. It's a very small hill. Uh, it's, it's more of a mole hill than a mountain. Rock, Rocky Hill. Rocky Hill, there we go. Yeah, yeah and it's just... I guess in terms of the formation, in terms of the, I guess, the way they distill, it's not the, the most unique. Ha, 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 It is a fairly classic Speyside sort of setup. Now, you say classic Speyside setup, mm. but they like to talk about the fact that they were an old style of whiskey before it was even cool. <laughs> I, think, I think the quote is old-fashioned in 1891. <laughs> yeah. Which is quite funny. Pretty, pretty much it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. what what makes them old fashioned? Well, the partly is the fact that they use worm tubs. Okay, so their compost system is really great. Yes, though. indeed, that is the system by which you get a tub, you fill it with worms, and then you pour whiskey into it. Worm condensation, love it. Yeah. Um, there, some of those worms may not have survived the process. Okay, so not worms, but um, water is involved. Yes. Basically, you get a really big vat, probably made of Oregon pine or something like that. You run a coil of copper into it. You fill it to the brim with water, and then you use it to condensate your spirit. So you send the gas through the coil. Mm. Mm. So rather than the opposite, which is like a tube that has a thin layer of water around it, like a condenser, you just send a really, really thin bit of tubing down it, and stick it in a big bath. Yep. A cold bath, which is pretty much common in Scotland. 
That is the default bath setting. Yeah. Hmm. And so, yeah, the interesting thing is, like, that Krigeli, he say that, like, that is their main sort of, like, well, not one of their main, but, like, it's part of the reason they get flavor from it. They get flavor from this condensation process, which leads to the flavor of this whiskey, which, what is the word they use to describe the they flavor? Like to, they like to say that their whiskey is fruity. Yeah, okay. Normal. Enough, yeah. And muscular. <laughs> muscular. Yeah. Okay, right. So this whiskey regularly attends arm days. Yeah. Right. Um, well, do you, I suppose. Do you even dram, bro? <laughs> I know, right? Curious, curious, curious. We'll talk about the cask types later, but let's have a nose. It's pretty space ID. It is, but it's not like an Anik space ID. No. Because Anik is Highlands, but, you know, that, that sort of. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, well. That sort of light citrus. It's not that. This has definitely got a darker caramel mm. note. You you said let's leave the barrels. Well, let's. Let's leave them for two seconds and talk about them now. Yep, they've been left. Let's move on. Yes. So the barrels that they use for these is it's in two stages. First stage is they use a combination of bourbon and cherry casks. Yep, but like second fill, third fill. Yeah, they... Basically just start the aging whatever they've got. Yep, various types. But then they marry those barrels together. For the 13-year-old they do, yeah. And then they finish them in a... 50% goes into bourbon first fill bourbon casks and the other 50% goes into first fill sherry casks, after which I assume they then marry them back together yeah. again. Again. So it's interesting. They have like their sort of more their disposable barrels and they pick like a certain number of barrels that go into this sort of blend or marriage and then they finish them in a more flavorful barrel combination mm. and then they bring them back together for this. The question is, Ted, does it work? Yes. I'm I'm with Ted. Yes is the correct answer. Yeah. It, it it's a really nice space ID whiskey. It's got that slightly darker, fruitier turn to it. Yeah. The the spirit is still light. Yeah, it's like a sort of um a floral sort of note that goes through a sort of caramelization process. Yeah. Caramel, I think there's a bit of pears there. I think mm. there's some maybe some plums, dare I say. Ooh. But are uh, they sour? No. I, I'm not sure that plums are sour. It's, it's, it's a bit of a, a halfway house between a Glenfiddich and a Glendronic. Mm. Yeah, absolutely right. But it's very, very drinkable. 46% yeah. as well. Yeah, palate, palate is really nice. It's It's got that light, crisp, fluidy sort of palette to it it's 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 not funky and grotty and rich it's it's light quite elegant but with a a nice raisiny datey chocolatey yeah with a good layer of cream on top Mm. like i've i've had a lot of space oil whiskeys that i think of as go-to's like glenfig 12 like it's fairly standard i used to love glen glenlivet 12 but this would be more encourageable by me to bring out at a tasting mm. for like a, this is space side, let's move on to somewhere else. Because I think there is a combination of both the more, I'm going to go extremes now, like McAllen sherry casks mm. through to a Crag and Moore bourbon cask, find a middle ground, and I think this is it. It's a really well put together whiskey. Mm-hmm. It's elegant enough while having a bit of character in behind. It feels really nice and silky satiny on the palate. Yep. It's a really nice package. What what do you think the extra year adds? 
typically um, Scottish whiskies start at 12 years old. Yeah, you're absolutely. It's it's a really good question, Ted. What does the extra year add? Um, About a million dollars a year in marketing. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think that they age them to 12 years old in the whatever casks and then there's an extra year there? It's probably six months, to be fair. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Yeah, like, uh, this is it. Like, I reckon they have a whole bunch of stock maturing. It's like, right, let's pull in a bunch of these barrels. doesn't matter if it's 50-50 or 60-40 or 80-20. I I don't know. But then let's stick in our good barrels, which are then going to go off to become, like, the first maturing barrels again. But let's use those barrels to their proper extent and let's give our 13-year-old bloody good flavor maybe that's it maybe it's 12 year olds in old oak and yeah. one year in Craigellic- a baker's dozen <laughs> yeah that's it Craigellicky isn't Highland Park no they do not have it's, a, it's because it's not from the Orkneys not from the Orkneys and also they do not have a shite load of different laces so no they have like three don't they four four right four so they've got 13 year old which is what we've got they've also got a different 13 year old which is an Armagnac cask ah, yes. release. They've got a 17 right. and they've got a 23. 23, I'd love to get my hands on that. S- 17 and 23, like they, they like their sort of... Random number. Primes. Brand. Prime numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also, you know what? It's prime whiskey. The 13-year-old, this is the basic 13, 13-year-old is a really nice whiskey. Yeah. I can't go past the new one. It's, it's a, bit of a bit of a standout for 2023. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm saying nothing in early February, but I'm actually going to get crazy right now. I'm going to say this is four stars because it does what it does and it does it well. I actually think that you're right. I think it's a really, really nice whiskey. Yeah. Like for the for the category that it fits into, Uncle Dan's 105 bucks. It's a really nice, elegant, simple whiskey. It's one I would recommend. Um, I really would. And our Patreons have got it already. Mm. They probably drunk it long ago because we sent it just <laughs> before Christmas. So I really want to know what they thought of it. Yeah, Patreons, we did send you out a few different releases this time around. Yeah, um, next month is still coming. Yeah, next month is still coming. We've we've sent you Christmas. We've sent you January-ish, seeing as we didn't actually get this one out in January. And then we've sent you February too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Hopefully you enjoyed the Craigellicky 13. We certainly did. We yeah, think it's we a That's a good one. beautiful example of the elegance of Speyside. And the muscularness of it too. Ah, oh, so muscular. Muscularity. Oh, that's different. That's because it's a different whiskey, Ted. Yeah, very true. <laughs> you are correct in your assertions. Thank you. I can spot non-peated from peated whiskey. Good job. That's a good start. So that, so that was our rewards. So that was our awards, not rewards episode. (laughs) So that was our awards episode. Yes. Yeah, and obviously snuck in a review as well, but we didn't have much time for much else. But one of the things I wanted to sneak in, but I just, yeah, we just didn't have time for because we waffled. Do Do we waffle, Ted? Is that something we do? Now, see, the other night when we were meeting up to discuss the awards, Mm. you said, we need to be succinct. Yes, I know. And I said that again tonight, but... And that's not how that happened. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to include, though, if we had been succinct, is in terms of the Whiskey Club. 
because one of the things is I'm a member of the whiskey club or Ted is also a member. Like if one of us wants a bottle, we get a bottle, but I, I'm, I just can't afford to get all the bottles I want. But I, I just thought we'd do a bit of a summary of our favorite bottles that came out that I bought. Like there might've been better ones that I didn't get, but what can you do? But there were some good ones as well. So I thought I might just do a quick summary of the Whiskey Club yeah, 2022. for sure. Let's do it. So January 2022, there was a bunch we didn't quite get. Yeah, there was a Talibadeen as the main one we didn't get. Um, but moving on to February, we did get an opt-in, which was the Lark 30th Anniversary Edition, the one with Bill and Lynn pictured on the front. Yeah. In John Kudelka cartoon form. Definitely worth getting. Yeah, that, that was all right, wasn't it? I don't know if it's any sort of winner. No, no, it, it's pretty standard lark, but mm. it had a cool Kadelka on the front, so. Yep. But yeah, the February one was a Glenmorangie that we didn't get. March was a Old Putney Car Strength, which I did get, mm. which I, I, I quite liked. Um it's in that blue box down over is. there. But um, uh, there was also the um, Rumcast from Westwood that sold out within minutes, <laughs> so I, did, I didn't get that one. Yeah, we do um, like some Westwood, though. Those power shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then April was the Morris Tokay barrel, which you got. And I've lost actually. I need to get. I need to get back that back from where I've lost it. All right, you put it somewhere. Um, but it's better than the regular Morris. Mm. I think we'll, we'll give it that. Um, May was the Bladnick Ember, which was highly regarded by members, mm. but I didn't get. But I did get a Corowa peated barrel. Mm. And uh, thoughts about that one? Not great. I wanted to tip it down the sink, and I that opinion hasn't really changed, which is so disappointing. Okay, July was the Lark of the Rising Tide, which we both did get. Yep. Um, it was their blend of five different distilleries, which we tried to speculate. Yeah, really interesting one, and uh, mine is running low. August was the Paul John um, cask, mm. which I did get as well, and that was that was pretty decent. September was... Um, one of those ones that I might not have got, but I just thought, screw it, I'll just get the regular one, which was a Glen Farkless. And I've nearly finished that bottle. That was actually a really good purchase. It was a really decent Glen Farkless dram. Yeah, just really drinkable. Um, a little a drop. I think there was a Bushmills in October and a Milton Duff in November. I didn't get either of those because mm. I was feeling a bit broke. But in November, there was a Balcones mm. um, that we quite liked. Yeah, that was good. A port cask from Balcones, or a couple of port casks. And then December rolled around, and there was a Westwood sort of single barrel. I think I got the uh, the Tempranillo, mm. which is pretty darn tasty as well. And then kicking into this new year, there was a really interesting one from Glenfiddich. Yeah, no, that cider barrel one's super interesting. It wasn't, it wasn't even cider. It's um, uh, apple brandy. Uh, yeah, what's that called? Like a... Um, uh, Sounds like a Spanish battle. Uh, it's funny how feeling stuff is contagious. Like I know I exactly know. what you're talking about, but um, I know Calvados. Calvados, yeah. I think apple brandy really suits Glenfiddich spirit. Like mm. it's quite orchard fruit already. So, yeah, we didn't mind that. Um, just sitting out on the deck in the sunshine. Um, I'm I'm gonna lean towards the Glenfarclas, but that Balcones is almost a runner-up. Yeah, definitely. We've we've really been digging balconies as a as a producer, haven't we? Yeah, no, it's it's like their actual just their their actual straight bourbon is probably one of the better bourbons going around. They're up and down though. Their baby blue corn is yeah. shite. That's not great. Um, Which unfortunately I own that bottle, so yeah. we had to find out somehow. But yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's been an interesting year. But you guys, please let me know because the the, the members of the Whiskey Club uh, do their votings. But, mm. you know, it's more important to see what our fellow wafflers think. So I'm sure a bunch of you are Whiskey Club members, apart from Clown. So, yeah. Well, Nicholas said I was a member. I'm not. I'm merely uh, a passenger. A whiskey sponge. <laughs> yeah, but not the whiskey, whiskey not, sponge. Not the whiskey sponge, just a whiskey sponge. Yeah. Off my friend here. Yeah, so. but that's the way to do it. You don't need two memberships when you can have one. Who, I am surprised, hasn't actually kicked me out yet because <laughs> I have a confession to make. Oh, really? Yes. Uh-oh. I have managed to break the first Glencairn that we've ever broken during recording. I know. And like we've dropped Glen Cairns before and they've survived. And it would have been fine. It, it, it would have been fine if it wasn't for the very broad-shouldered Ironhouse bottle, <laughs> Tasman whiskey bottle that was sitting down next to my chair. Mm-hmm. If, if it had been one of the other bottles, like the um, Krigeliki that we've drunk this episode, it probably it would have just bounced off. Bounced off, but it hit the very flat shoulder of the... Uh, of the Tasman whiskey and shattered everywhere. Indeed. Whoops. Whoops. Uh, anyway, so we've left our listeners with a bit of a bit of an extra recap of the year. Um, twenty twenty two was a good one, but I've got a really good feeling about twenty twenty three because mm. we've got some exciting projects on the go. We need to organise, but I think we've got some pretty exciting stuff ready to go. I think twenty twenty two was one of the busiest years for. For, for you or I personally. So I mm. think it's time that we really focused on the waffle um, and got some exciting projects on the go. So stay tuned in three weeks' time. There'll be another episode and then three weeks after that. Yes, uh, three weeks' time we are going to be reviewing somewhere that we went and visited in 2022. And then three weeks after that, it's a... It's a special international date that we're quite keen to um, get around and yep. do some things with. Try so. and figure out what is six weeks' time from this podcast drop, and you might figure it out. Until then, I was Nick. I was Ted. And uh, we were both very merry. Indeed. And, and we were both whiskey waffle. And we were both whiskey waffle, yes. yes. Quite true. So everybody out there, keep on waffling. And good night. Whiskey Waffle recommends you drink whiskey responsibly and only if you're above the legal drinking age in your country. Our lawyers made us say that. Or at least, they would have if we actually had lawyers. You know, you could baste me with this stuff, slow cook me in a smoker for 24 hours and serve me to a winter feast and Mm. the crowds would go wild.